Welcome, this is Jessica Ortner and our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going on a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment. Because happiness is not a destination, it's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Hello, friends. We have such a great show in store for you. One of the things I love about this podcast is I get to share things that have made a huge difference in my own life, and that's always really rewarding. I started to work with Ken Lauer when I was living in New York, and I made some shifts in my space that had a huge impact on my whole life and on my productivity. If you are new to feng shui, you're going to love this. If you already know a little bit about feng shui, you're also going to love this because Ken Lauer is really all about results. How can you make small tweaks that give you big results? So let me tell you a little bit about Ken. He has been featured on NBC, TLC, the Los Angeles Times. He's been all over the place. He works with top, and I mean top, top executives, as well as many well-known celebrities. And what's so special about this interview and also Ken's approach to feng shui is that it's not just about making your home look nicer. It's really about how can you get clear on the changes you want to make in your life and how can you use these feng shui principles to help you achieve that result faster. So if you like this show, I want to remind you that it is an act of love. So spread the love, share it with those that you love. And I also want to let you know about something that's really exciting. The Tapping World Summit is coming up. I am the host. This is a 10-day free event all about tapping, this stress relief technique that's absolutely unbelievable. The event really is free. You just have to sign up for it, and you're going to learn how to use this technique for different areas of your life. So whether you want to improve your relationship or your relationship with money, there is something within these 10 days for you. It truly is a world summit. People listen from all over the world. I think last year we had over half a million people uh, participate. So don't miss out. You can go to thetappingsolution.com to get all that information. Again, thetappingsolution.com. And this only happens once a year, so don't miss it. Well, enjoy this interview. Ken, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be on this journey with you. I am so excited because feng shui is such a big part of my life. And it entered my life when I was a teenager, when my parents were struggling financially and the house was falling apart and they didn't have money for repairs. And my mom went to the library and she picked up a book about feng shui and she didn't spend any money. All she did was begin to use some of these principles and it changed the energy of the house. It made the house just seem like the people were asking her, what did you do? Did you buy a new couch? Did you redesign? And she didn't spend anything except apply these principles. And then money started flowing. So my dad's business started doing better. So from that moment when I was a teenager and I saw the difference, I've been so fascinated with feng shui. So I'm I'm really excited to share this with my community, and I've worked with you personally, so thank you so much for being on the show. Absolutely, and that's that's a great story, and we're going to get into that a little further, but that's the premise. You don't need to redesign your home. You don't need to do expensive things. A lot of times, it's just simple shifts in changing your perspective and how you experience your space to start to experience progress again. Yes, yes, and experience progress. And here, you know, we're going to be talking about how to feng shui your life, so how to use these principles to experience breakthroughs in our personal and professional life. So it's not just about how the space feels. It's what's the consequence of that? What happens when we uh, apply these principles? But I want to start by just the very basics. For someone who has never heard about feng shui, or maybe they've heard about it, but it just 
they're confused around what it really means. How would you explain it? So at the, at the basic foundation of it, feng shui just means wind and water. But a lot of times people make feng shui overly complicated. And the moment that you make things complicated is the moment that you're not confronting something. And it also means that typically you're not going to get the progress because if there's conflict or confrontation, a lot of times you're not getting that momentum. So to me, the way that I've boiled it down to is feng shui is just one of many tools to help you return back to your true self. And what I mean by that is if we're on a a train track, we start out, we're on the main line. Then some type of experience happens, trauma, drama, stress, or a life event. And then we're off on the sidetrack. Next thing you know, we've made a couple decisions, taken a little bit of action, and we're way off course from where we want. So feng shui is just the reflection of what's happening in your inner mind and represented in your physical space. And it's much easier to adjust the physical space, which is external of you, and say, oh, look at this. Here's exactly what's happening. Rather than saying in your mind, well, here's what's happening because people can't relate to that. And so we can make adjustments in your physical space to create the shifts that you need in your mindset to get yourself clarity, to be able to take action, and to get results. Yes. Well, I I think a lot of people can relate to that, those basics. I know that when I am feeling overwhelmed, it's like my desk just becomes so full of clutter. You know, it's my space often reflects my, my mindset. And then when I want to make a shift, I usually start by looking at my space and seeing how I can make adjustments to create the environment that nurtures my desire to grow. You know, that's how I look at feng shui is like, are you living in an environment that nurtures your desire to grow and to expand? Yeah. And the reality is so many people associate clutter with feng shui because it's over time, it's just become marketing and, and, you know, it's easy to understand. Yeah. But the reality is I don't personally care about the clutter in your space. The real focus is how do I help you have a clutter-free mind? And that's your example is the desk is representing the clutter in my mind. So if I shift my desk around or change or clear out the clutter on my desk, I'm back into a place of clarity where I can focus. Mm -hmm. And that's how it works. Right. So when it comes to feng shui, what is our ideal? So what we're going towards is clarity in our mind um, and How does that happen? So you're saying it's not just clutter. What are some other influences? Yeah, so your space is telling a story. And it's not just one or two things. A lot of times by the time people come to me, you know, they've tried to dabble on their own. They've read a lot of articles, and now they're probably more confused than when they started. (laughs) And what it is is, your story has a theme or your space has a theme to it. And there's typically eight to 12 different things happening in your space that are all telling the same thing. And so what we have to do is we have to look at the overall theme of your space and how that's impacting your life. And if it's working for you, great, we can amplify it. If it's not, then we need to make some shifts. And the analogy that I make is it's like the Titanic. You know, people get so focused and obsessed with the tool rather than the results. And so the reality is, if you're on the Titanic and it's sinking, people are asking, well, what color should I paint the walls of the cabin? (laughs) Well, it it doesn't matter if you don't plug the holes. Mm -hmm. Same concept with feng shui. It's all telling a story and there are eight to 10 different things. So if you just focus on one thing, but it doesn't, it's not the required action to help you get a result, it doesn't matter. So the goal is to look at it holistically. And a lot of times when I'm working with clients, it's things that they already know, but they haven't gained awareness into it or they haven't taken action. You know, I can share just a quick story. I had a client who was, they were building a new home and they were trying to sell their existing home. It's a beautiful home, but they weren't, they had it on the market for several months and it wasn't selling and they weren't getting any offers. And so all we did was look at the theme and the story and, you know, there were bushes that were kind of coming over the sidewalk. There was a tree that was kind of blocking the window. 
And, you know, there were simple things like that. So I gave her, you know, a simple step-by-step process. Within 48 hours, she had two offers. Now the house is sold at top dollar. Wow. So coincidence? I don't know. But I know after doing this for a decade plus that it's a simple recipe. Hmm. And the recipe is that your house is telling you and sharing information with you on a subconscious level. Whether you're aware of it or not, it's sharing programs and how you feel. And so we need to make sure, A, what is that, that program telling you? And then we need to adjust it to make sure that it's supporting you and nurturing you so that you continue on your path of progress towards results. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And like you said, like sometimes you're like, is this coincidence? But then it's just, it's amazing how you make a shift and how quickly you feel a difference. Um, that's what I really love about this work. So let's shift to, to talk about how to functionate our lives. You have these five steps. And as we go through these five steps, I'd also love to hear some, just some tips along the way or, or certain things that we should look at within our own home. Sure. So I know the first step is feng shui your environment. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So the first step is, first of all, there's there's a couple things that are happening. By the time a person comes to me or they're looking for feng shui or they're looking for, you know, some type of insight, they're either, you know, they've probably experienced some type of trauma, drama, or stress in their life. And so that feels like that they're kind of, they've lost their mojo or, you know, they're kind of just feeling off a little bit. And what happens is typically when that happens, they move into a place of fear and self-doubt. So they stop taking actions or they've stopped getting results or they've stopped experiencing progress. The other side of the coin is a person might be happy, but they're not satisfied with the results. And so they're looking to get, get that little extra edge to gain the clarity so that they can continue to take action and receive better results. And so the things that we do in the feng shui of our environment are all about helping you ignite your energy, getting your mojo back. Because here's what happens. You do one thing, example, like you said, I clear my desk. Now all of a sudden you feel clear, you feel good, you're rewarded, and then you take action and then you get some type of result. Same thing with the environment. You know, the, each step helps you feel better, helps you feel more confident. Now you have more capacity and capabilities to do things that you want to do. And so that's the premise. Mm -hmm. And with the basics of feng shui, we're looking at primarily the entrance, the kitchen, and the bedroom, because those are the things that are closely tied to your energy. You know, the entrance represents your opportunities and how things come to you. The kitchen represents how you're taking care of yourself and how you go out in the world and you make money to take care of you and those that you love. And then the bedroom is close to your energy because you're sleeping. And so it's really tied close to that. And so there are certain things that we can do, but typically they're very easy things. It's not mystical. It's not secret. It's, oh, you know, there's workout gear that's now becoming a clothes rack. And once you begin to understand the story and say, oh, well, your relationship's a workout. Let's move that bicycle out of the bedroom so that you can focus on communication and establishing a deeper connection in your relationship. And then things begin to open up. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. So before we go on to the next step, I just want to take a moment to focus on those three areas. Um, let's start with the entryway. What do you, what's one of the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to the entryway of their house? Yeah. The first step is that they're not using the, the entryway or the entrance. So, you know, especially in the house today, typically people come through the garage. Yeah. And that's how the house represents them, which typically comes through the garage and then right into the kitchen. So depending on what room you experience first is what is happening in your life. So if you constantly are coming in through the kitchen, you might feel like, oh, I got a couple extra pounds that I really want to get rid of. So we need to understand how are we how are we greeted by our home. So the more that you use your front door, the better off you will be. Now we want to make sure that the home and the front entrance is well lit. It's clean, it's clear. 
and you want to make sure that things aren't broken or old. You know, a lot of times lately, people are showing me a lot of pictures, and I'm seeing it time and time again that they have mats, but the mats may be deteriorated through the weather or discolored or things like that. And so it starts to represent that you know their future and their opportunities are kind of dwindling up. They've had some success in the past, but things are slowing down. Mm-hmm. And so we want to look at the environment. And then the other thing is, what happens when you open the door? What are you looking at? Are you greeted by living plants, which represents nature, spring, and summer? Or are you seeing dead, dried things, which represents, you know, contracting energy and slow movement and potentially even frustration? Right. Right. I, um, now that it's winter, like Lucas has the habit or, or he, he wants to like open the garage. So when we have people over, they can just go directly in through the garage. And I'm mm-hmm. always like, no, <laughs> like it's not, it's not that far of a walk. Like I guess it's, I, I get that it is a little bit colder now in the Northeast, but it is so much more beautiful to walk um, and, and greet people at your front door. And that's a lesson I learned from you that I implement, that when we, when we have guests over, even if it's a casual get-together with our closest friends, I always have them use the front door. Yeah, because the, the house is designed to greet you via the front door, not through the garage. The garage is a convenience factor. It's after the fact. So if you want to shift, a, help a person shift their energy and make them feel welcome and comfortable and, and have positive energy, have them go through the front door if possible. Right. And then a lot of times, you know, what I do is I have table lamps. They could be on a timer or you turn them on. Just like when you're walking through a showroom or a home, you know, they always have all the lights on because it impacts the energy that you feel and it makes things more positive. And the more positive you feel, the more, um, the better the communication is and plain and simple, the more fun you have. Yes. Yes, so true. I think a great exercise is to simply open your front door, walk into your house, look around, and ask yourself how you feel. Yeah. And, and what I do for myself, the way that I work is I, I stand 10 to 15 feet away from the front door outside, just looking at it. Mm-hmm. What do I experience? You know, I was, I was on a recent uh, client consultation and I looked at the front door and they had all these dry knickknacks and all this random stuff. And then they had this like birdcage and, and then there was a letter in it. And I asked the client, I'm like, what is that? And they had a son that is now deceased. And so that envelope was representative of him. And so the, the concept is we want to pay homage to those that have passed on, but definitely not at the front entrance. Because now your, your, your energy is scattered before you even walked in the front door. Because now you're trying to figure out, should I be humble? Should I be, you know, what, how should I feel? Instead of feeling happy and go lucky and really moving forward, you're still stuck. Right. It doesn't mean we can't honor those that have passed on, but you shouldn't do it at the front entrance. So the first thing I do is stand back looking at the front entrance. And then I stand at the front door looking outside to see, what do I see? What do I experience? Are things in the way? Are bushes overgrown? Or is there nothing there where I need to add some things? And then at the same time, then I turn around, open the door, and then look in and say, what do I see? What do I experience? And how does it impact my energy? Right. And on the same, on the same consult, I, I looked in. And of course, I see a vacuum cleaner standing there. I see some, you know, other random stuff. And I'm like, that's not how you want to be greeted. You don't want to have your energy thinking about, oh, yeah, at some point I got to do that. You know, I got to vacuum the carpets, but I haven't done it. Again, you you haven't even gotten in your home and you're already frustrated from your to-do list. Right. Yeah. And the home should be a sanctuary where you rejuvenate, you have fun, where you can plan and where you can take action from. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So that's something actionable that all of us can do. And I, and I'm going to do that myself. I have been looking and noticing the front entrance, but I like that idea of really stepping back and looking at the whole thing from afar. I want to talk about um, the bedroom and the kitchen, which you mentioned. And I also want to 
we have a few steps ahead of us. So I just want to ask you what you think would be best. Should we talk about the bedroom and kitchen now, or can we do that in the context of these steps? Let's let's stay. Let's just stay on the bedroom and kitchen, and then we can move on to the other steps. All right. Focus on those. Let's do that. So let's move on to the kitchen. Okay. So the kitchen represents how you go out in the world and you make your money. In feng shui terms, the theory is the more burners you have, the wealthier you are. And typically, the more revenue streams that you have coming in. So if that's the case, as you expand or as you grow or as you upgrade, I'm always helping people look for, you know, get the six burner stove, you know, and and not only do that, but you have to use it. Mm -hmm. I had a, a client this week who hadn't been cooking. And then all of a sudden I said, look, you're, you're limiting your opportunities. Even if you're boiling water for tea, use your stove, but not just one burner, use all the burners. And then we've talked this uh, later this week. And all of a sudden she was saying, oh my gosh, all of a sudden job opportunities are showing up. All of a sudden now I'm starting to run again because it's just a simple thing that you can do that has a ripple effect. And so the stove is the most important piece of the kitchen. You want to make sure it's clean and clear, not stored with items and stuff like that, and that you can use it. The other thing that I like to add in the kitchen is herbs, like plants, like rosemary, thyme, lavender, because that encourages you through the smell and through the senses to actually cook and take time to cook for yourself. And so anytime we see living plants or fresh flowers or fresh fruit, it encourages our health and our energy. So those are some things to think about in the kitchen. Right. And tell us about the kitchen sink. So a lot of people have challenges with this because there's a lot of articles saying, oh, that's where your wealth goes and things like that. The goal is keep it simple. Focus on what you can change and not on what you can't. You know, a lot of times people are like, oh, the position of my sink, that's why this, that, and the other. The reality is you're not going to do a kitchen remodel. (laughs) Right. Right. Just like with your mom who needed to do some quick things to grow the revenue and help create the shifts. She wasn't going to remodel the whole kitchen, nor did she need to. Same concept. Focus on what you can change and not on what you can't. So keep it simple. You know, for me, I like to put what's called a wellness mat where I stand at the sink, which is these cushiony chef mats. Because when you're standing at the sink, typically you're stuck in your mind. You're thinking about 800 different things, and usually it's going pretty quickly. But the moment that you step on a wellness mat is the moment that you're like, oh, you kind of bounce and you're kind of like, oh, that's fun. It brings you back to the present moment. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times when we're at the sink, we're just going through the motions. And the goal is how do we bring it back to the present moment and focus on what's at hand rather than the 800 steps down the road on what we want to be thinking about or are consumed by. Right. Okay. I need a wellness mat in my life. Where is, are they called wellness mats? Like where do we buy these? Yeah, the one that I like is from William Sonoma, and it's literally called a wellness mat. Okay. Um, and then, you know, you can look at the picture and see what we're talking about. Literally, it's just a cushioned uh, phone, kind of a cushioned mat. And you can always look at other stores that have them, but I've found that William Sonoma is offers the best one and it lasts over time. Right, right. And obviously, keeping the kitchen sink clean, right? Like, I. I have the habit or I had the habit of like being like, oh, I'll just like wash up tomorrow. And now I don't. Now I just make sure that I don't go like I when I go to bed, the sink is completely clear. That's accurate, because, you know, one of the things that I'm looking at when I'm working with a client is how do we decrease the amount of time going from a thought to an action to a result? And a lot of times people get stuck in their thoughts. And they don't actually get for moving forward into a place of action or they get consumed by all the actions, but they're not getting a result. So the goal is how do we go from a thought to an action to a result so that you're reducing the amount of time it takes you to manifest. So if you're, if you have the sink cluttered, then that just means that your mind's consumed, but you're not doing anything about it and you're not moving forward. Mm. So the goal is keep the sink clean, clean and clear and just do it when you need to do it. And that, reflects how you handle other things in your life. Yes. Yep. That makes sense. So now let's uh, move to the bedroom. What are some 
you know, things that people do, the, some common mistakes, and what can we add to make it even better? So the first biggest mistake that I see, or the thing that I'm always on the lookout for, is the bed position itself. And so there's something called a command position. And what that means is when you're standing at in the door looking into your bedroom, you can see the door, the bed, but you're not in direct line with the bed. And a lot of times people have their bed on the same wall as the door, which means a gatekeeper position, which means that they're typically not sleeping well, or they're in direct line with the door, which can mean that they have some health issues or they're not sleeping well. So you always want to put yourself in a command position, meaning that you can see the door, but you're not in direct line with the door, nor do you have your back to the door. Mm. The other thing is you want to have a headboard and it should be solid. A headboard represents not only the potential of a relationship, but also the stability in a relationship. And it helps your confidence and certainty as well. So having a solid headboard could be wood, it could be fabric, anything like that. And then ideally, best practices are you have matching nightstands with matching table lamps. I had a client this uh, last week who we were looking at you know, the bedroom set and she only had one nightstand. She only bought one nightstand because she was like, oh, I'm single. Why do I need another one? But what she really wants to attract is a relationship and a partner that's perfect for her. So we have to set our intentions to make sure that we're moving forward in those goals. Right. And then what are some things that we have to just get out of the bedroom? So first of all, exercise equipment. A lot of people use that as a storage area for their exercise equipment. And maybe when they bought it, they use it. And then usually it ends up being a clothes rack. So that's typically number one. Number two is ideally you're adding some type of living plant or flesh, fresh flowers. And some people are like, oh my gosh, it's going to release carbon dioxide or it's too much. Look, if you have a plant, it's fine. If you have a jungle, it's a different story. <laughs> and it shouldn't block it. You know, ideally you're, you're able to walk around both sides of your bed. And so you have to make sure things are open and clean and clear. If the moment that you open the door and you're confronted by a dresser, well, typically that means that there's some type of blockages represented in your life, or you're probably feeling stuck in your, in your professional career. And so we want to make sure that there's true flow where you can easily move around the room without doing a disco dance to try to, you know, get to the bathroom. Right. I, I have a question for you. So in my last program, The Life Reboot, I did a whole week about looking at your physical space, this idea of, are you living in an environment that nourishes your desire to grow and expand? And I brought in some feng shui principles and someone reached out to me who was taking the program. And this was her dilemma. And I'd love to hear what your thoughts are around it. She is living somewhere temporarily. She had to move out and she has a vision of what she wants, um, and she has this new furniture that she loves, and she knows where she's staying right now isn't going to be forever. The challenge is that the furniture she currently has is too big for her space. And so she feels um, that it's that it's, she was worried that it's a bad feng shui. What would you say to someone uh, in that position where they know they're not going to be there forever, it's not ideal, um, what, you know, what can she do? That's a great question. And that's, you know, a challenge. Mm -hmm. So the way that I look at things and the way that I talk with clients is it's a situation. We either need to address it or we don't. And the first question I would ask her is, what do you really want? Because I don't care about the furniture. We can, we can create the plan once we have clarity. Because we, we first have to simplify before we can solve. A lot of times people are trying to solve before they simplified and they just keep going round and round. So for her, if she wants to move up and out, meaning to a new place, then we need to look at what's happening in her career or what's happening in her income or revenues or things like that. And then how is this impacting it? So it's not just the bedroom. The, rep the bedroom is representing that she has all these grand ideas, but she can't move and she can't move forward or she can't implement or she's having problem executing her, her concepts. And so we need to take a step back and understand, well, what is the concepts and are they moving forward and are you doing the required action? Once we look at that, then we can determine the timeline that's necessary to be able to achieve this forward progress. 
And sometimes, yeah, I do recommend people saying, look, this is too much. Like, yeah, I understand that you love it, but it's not helping you. The reality is if we exponentially increase your revenue or income, you can always buy something similar or buy something better. Yeah. Because a lot of times when people are stuck, they think they, they become over-optimistic. And then they, they're stuck. And it's not just for a week. It's not for a month. It's not for 12 months. It can be for three to five years. So the goal is how do we reduce that amount of time and instead of three to five years, how do we make it so that she can do it within the next several months? And if we can do that, then the furniture is not necessarily, you know, the key to her happiness. It's the progress is the key to the happiness. And so we'd really have to look at her space. But if she's truly feeling blocked, she might have a couple different options, storage and buying something simple. And a lot of times it's not just the bedroom. A lot of times, again, it's a theme. So if the theme of that is the, is similar in the bedroom, then typically we're going to find same things happening in and around her space. And for those types of clients, all I have to do is say, what you need is to be clean and clear. You need to be able to walk. You need to open space so that we can get you back into a place of clarity so that you're taking simplified actions to get the results. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And I have a feeling that the next steps we're going to cover are also going to help her and people that are listening because it's about getting clarity around your intentions, around what you really want. So we just covered, we spent a lot of time covering this first step, which is feng shui your environment. You gave great tips for the entryway, the bedroom, the kitchen. And this might be one of those interviews that we have to come back to again and again and listen to sure. and come again and take some notes. Uh, so let's move to step two, which is improve your chi. What does that mean? So step one, feng shui your environment is a tool to help you ignite your energy, meaning that you kind of wake up your passion. You wake up your energy. Now you're moving forward and now you're kind of ready to do something. So the second step is we have to improve your personal chi, meaning you have to get yourself back into a place of power. A lot of times people skip this step, meaning that they're trying something really hard, but they don't have the power or the energy or the focus to do it. And as a result, they just stare at it, but they don't actually get a result. So here we start to incorporate keystone habits. And a keystone habit is when you do one habit, has a ripple effect in all areas of your life. So we have to get the chi circulating in all areas of your life for your health, which is your mind and your body, for your wealth, which is your finances, your income, your net worth, your debt. Then we focus on the environment and we focus on your relationships and your well-being. And so what we're trying to figure out is what are the very simple questions we can ask ourselves to help us achieve a result? So one of them is, did I sweat today? There are thousands of different ways to sweat or to exercise. And people make this so complicated. And, you know, I remember when you and I spoke about this a long time ago, you were talking about, oh, I should exercise. And I'm like, what do you like to do? Because <laughs> don't do what everybody else tells you to do. Do something that you enjoy because that will compound over time. You had me, you told me to buy a bike or we yeah. were talking about it and it led to me buying a bike in New York City and I'd bike along the, the Hudson. Yeah. So not only were you getting exercise, but you were getting enjoyment because you were being out in the outdoors, you were seeing the water, you were connecting with nature. So you got to keep it simple and then just ask yourself, did I sweat today? Yes or no? Yeah, I'm happy that you're bringing this up because I taught an Omega last summer with Aaron Stutland, and we talked a lot about obviously movement, but also walking came up. And so many people in the workshop were saying, you know, I know I sh could go for a walk, but it just doesn't even feel like it's worth it. Like if it's not really hard, then it's not worth it. And that's such a dangerous mentality when it comes to movement and just getting that sweat, this idea that it has to be hard or else it's not worth it. Yes. And here's my saying, simplicity equals longevity. Hmm. The simpler you can make it, the longer you can sustain it. And the reality is when we focus on keystone habits, we're not trying to hit home runs. And that's what a lot of people come out of the gate doing, especially with their diet. Oh, I'm going to go on this 
you know, sugar-free, all alkaline, this, that, and the other diet. Well, that lasts for 10 days if they're lucky, maybe a month if they really have strong willpower. And then they crash or they stop doing it because it's not sustainable over a period of time. And or they've made it so complicated that they can't keep up with it. And then it again, it just breaks. Right. So the goal is what are the at the core? What's the simplest thing I can do? Because the goal is how do I break through the activation energy? And activation energy is the amount of energy required to take the first step. An example. Studies have shown that if you can get your gym shoes on, your brain thinks that it's harder to take them off than to go to the gym. (laughs) So the activation energy is literally just get your shoes on. Yes. That's the first step. Now, I bet you people did not think uh, that when they pressed play on this episode about feng shui that they would hear someone talk about working out. Because a lot of times when it comes to exercise, we just focus on, well, I have to exercise to change my body, to lose weight, um, you know, for vanity reasons. And here you're talking about let's do this for for our chi, for our energy, and that helps us in every aspect of our life, not just our physical health. That's right. And the reality is one of the things that I'm looking for, and typically when people come to me, you know, one of the key indicators is their social life. When they're having disruptions or disturbances, typically their social life is contracting rather than expanding. And it's a key indicator. So it's the same thing. Your chi is getting low or it's scattered. So we have to get you back into a place of power. And the goal is... How do I hit my single today? Not how do I swing for the fences and hit the home run? All I'm looking to do is help myself and my clients get on first base. And then what do we do the next day? We just hit a single. That's it. And then the next day we hit a single. But guess what? In a couple days, now every time we step up just to get on first base, we're hitting runs in. Now over a period of time, we collapse time so that in 60 to 90 days, we're in a completely different realm than where we were. And not only that, but we've boosted our confidence and certainty through these daily wins. And that equals a gained improvement in capacity and capability. Maybe you're not going to run a marathon tomorrow, but we can build up to that over time so that it's a possibility. Right. So we're talking about improving your chi. And I don't think I asked you, how do you define chi? So chi is energy. That's literally just the translation. And so there can be chi in an environment, chi in the home, or your personal chi, your personal energy. So for me, step two is how do you get yourself back into a place of power? And it doesn't mean that you have to be a brute or a bully. It means that you're taking care of yourself. You're investing in all areas of your life. Because here's the other thing that people don't realize over time. If you're will, all of a sudden people get excited and they're like, oh, I got to focus all on my money but they're willing to sacrifice their relationships and their health for that. Or they're so focused on their health that they're willing to let go of their finances or their friendships or whatever that may be. What I've realized over the years is as we help a person increase and fill up all the containers in their, in their life, it creates less resistance in the areas that you most want to experience progress in. Mm. And not only that, but that helps with real fulfillment and real happiness. Right. So we know that moving our body is a way to improve our chi. Is there another anything else that we can do on a daily basis besides exercise? Yeah. You know, what I do is I, I walk through my clients. Typically, we, we have two keystone habits per area of our life. Another simple one that is really easy is the question, did I meditate today? And people make this thing complicated. You know, I had a client the other day and they're like, I just don't like the word meditate. Like, it's just too mystical. I'm like, okay, can you listen? Are you able to listen? Well, yeah. All right. Then all I want you to do is listen to a guy talk for 10, 15 minutes. That's it. Really? Yeah. So there's all these apps out there right now. You know, one that I'm really enjoying right now is brain.fm. There's Headspace and there's a lot of others. But the reality is, I don't care how or what you do to meditate. It's, did you meditate? Yes or no? Because when you meditate, you truly get connected with your true self and your source. 
And now all of a sudden, instead of being reactive, you're able to be proactive. And then you can understand with that heightened sense of awareness, where do I need to apply or what situations do I need to address and what situations don't I need to address? And so that simple question of, did I meditate today? Yes. That's it. And if I can plug this, also the tapping meditations Absolutely. that I do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fantastic. And I also like how you just mentioned what don't I need to address, because that's also something that's so amazing to gain clarity around. Sometimes we think there's a problem to fix and then we tap and meditate and we connect with ourselves and we realize there's no action to take. Like what we really need to do is let go. And that information is just as important as the information that's telling us what the next step is. That's right. I had a client who's a very senior level executive at a Fortune 10 company. And she sent an email in the middle of the night saying, I'm stuck. Can we talk? So we literally you know, got on the phone at 6.30 in the morning and we talked through for 20 minutes because she was stuck. The reality is it was a situation that she didn't even need to be involved in. And once we helped her get back into clarity and gain back perspective, then she was back empowered and she was ready to show up for the day to, to make real progress on a global scale. But when you're in it, the challenge is we can't see our own blind spots. And that's why it's really important to continue to foster and gain insight and awareness. And that helps a person go from a thought to an action to a result. It makes a lot of sense. So let's move on to uh, step three, which is align your chi with your intentions. That's right. So once we've built up our chi, or now that we're in power, the goal is now we focus that power on creation and production. Because we don't want to be in a padded room just bouncing off the walls because we're in power, but we don't know what to do with it. So we have to be able to now set our intentions. What do we want to manifest? And the way that I work with my clients is we break it up over 30, 60, and 90-day milestones. You know, the goal is what are the 90-day outcomes that you want? And in 30 days, am I on track? 60 days, am I on track? And we create a simplified plan to achieving that in all areas of your life, you know, for health. Maybe it's, I want to drop three pounds in the next 30 days. Their 90-day outcome might be nine pounds, but we measure to that. And so what we do is we set your intentions. And the moment that you not only write it down, but you begin to put a plan to it, you exponentially increase your percentage of success. Right. So then how, when you begin to do that, how does the chi play a role in this? So now, yeah, because you're in power. So now you mm. can, you have the ability not only to gain clarity, but now you have leverage. Because yes. when a person is stuck, you know, literally they have to celebrate because, well, the reality is when you're stuck, you do one thing and you're exhausted. And then you have to reward yourself through an online game, a game on your phone or something like that, or eating or whatever it is. When you're in power, you can crank through all day long. And then you have more power to focus on your family, your relationships, your health, and all this other stuff. And so you have to build up your power first before you tackle the big challenges or the goals that you want to achieve. Yes. And so I also see how important these steps are. Uh, when it comes to the order? Because I think a lot of people go, okay, well, I feel really stuck, so let me just go through some goal setting. And yeah. they begin that process before they build up their chi. That's absolutely correct. Because a lot of people do these steps out of order. And you know, the reason why I originally got into feng shui was I was confused and I was frustrated. And so I said, oh, my space is out of harmony. I need to understand what's going on. But I didn't get into feng shui because I wanted to learn about crystals or, you know, ancient secrets. What I wanted to do is how do I apply this for real world results? And so working with clients over the last decade plus, I've realized that it's a pattern. And the patterns are very simplified because, again, the simpler you make it, the longer you can sustain it and the more progress you can experience. So once you're in power, then you can do that. For a lot of people, if you try to jump that step and all of a sudden I tell you, oh, you got to go run five miles, you're like, oh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> but all of a sudden, if you've been feeling really good and then you're like, oh, I'll run a half a mile today 
And then you do it, then you can build on that and it compounds because you've hit your single today. Right. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So, so far we've learned that step one is to feng shui our environment. Two is to improve our chi. Then what we just covered is align your chi with your intentions. So what's the fourth step? Adjust your harmony. And this one's really important. Because here's the fact. As we expand and as we let go of certain things, the hiccups are guaranteed. We don't know how they're going to show up. We don't know in what form they're going to show up. But we do know for a fact that something's going to show up that's going to distract or disrupt you. So you can't control the hiccups, but what you can control is the amount of time that it distracts or disrupts you from progress and moving forward to your outcomes. Does that make sense? Yes. So can you, can you share a story that might Absolutely. be relevant to this? Yeah. So just recently, I had a client that I'm working with, and we've, we've gone through step one, one, and we're entering step two with her right now. And she's just been amazing. She's, you know, sharing all these things and all the progress. And then I have a call with her and I'm like, how are you? I'm all excited because I'm like, oh, my gosh, this person's doing such good stuff. And she's like, oh, my basement flooded. I'm so frustrated. I'm angry because she just bought this house. Mm. And so here you are, you bought a house, you're supposed to be excited. And then she's feeling like it's a money pit because it wasn't disclosed, this, that, the other. And so what we had to do was, first of all, understand it, and then gain perspective. And one of the tools that we do in the Keystone Habit, Keystone Habits is reframing. Okay, your basement flooded. Why is that positive? Because the brain's always looking for the negative and will amplify the negative, and then you'll get more of what you don't actually want. But the moment that we can gain insight and clarity is the moment that we can release its energy and move back into a place of action and positivity. So this one stuck, you know, took her a little bit. She's like, what are you talking about? My basement flooded. There's nothing positive about that. And we kept working through it. And she's like, you know, it's better with this little rain that I understood that, you know, there's some leaks that need to be addressed before, you know, a heavy rain comes and I've put computers and I've redecorated and I've remodeled. The other thing is she just bought the house. So there may be some potential to go back to the seller or other people to understand if there's anything else that can happen. Once we did that, then all of a sudden it wasn't that bad. And we could focus on not only that, but we could move on and focus on the other things. But what happens is a lot of times when the hiccups show up, people get so distracted and disrupted that they stop everything. And then all I have to do is when somebody I talk with are like, oh yeah, things are going sideways. I'm like, okay. How are your keystone habits? Well, mm, uh, and I'm like, yeah, because you're out of power. If you were in power and you were gaining that clarity and that perspective, then this wouldn't, this would literally just be a hiccup. Right. But again, we, we can't see our own blind spots. So a lot of times it's good to gain perspective uh, in that situation. But there's all these tools that help us move along the way. I like how this is a step on its own because it's almost inviting you to expect the unexpected. There's so much in life that we can't control. And the more we make peace with that and learn how to adjust, uh, the easier we move through it. Yeah. And if we decrease the amount of time going from a thought to an action to a result, the easier this becomes over time. Mm -hmm. Again, we never know how they're going to show up. But a lot of times to me, I'm high-fiving my clients because of this, because it typically means that there's change and there's a shift happening. And it's almost literally like a test. Okay, you think you're, you got your mojo back? Let's see. Let's see how much clarity and focus you got. Let me throw something completely unexpected into the mix. Right. And, and it's the people that can, you know, again, understand, do I need to address it or I don't? If I need to address it, what are the things that I need to do to address it so that I can move on? It makes a lot of sense. Makes a yes. lot of sense. And I do feel like life sometimes does that to you. It's like, are you really over this? Or have you really learned the lesson? Like it tends to give you that like final test after yes. you've made some progress. And what I, you know, 85% of my clients are females. So typically one of the things that they're, one of the common characteristics that they're looking for help with is a relationship, either attracting love 
or deepening the connection in an existing relationship. And it's truly a pattern of all I have to do is help a person get back into their, get back empowered and focusing on themselves first so that they can be a better service to others second. And once they're empowered, all of a sudden it happens every single time, all the ex-boyfriends show up. Yes, it's so true. Yeah. And so here's a test. The ex-boyfriends show up because you're feeling great. You're putting that frequency and that vibration out in the universe. Now you have to have enough clarity and you have to have your intention set really strong or you'll get distracted and disrupted because in theory, you've already been down that path. You know, it's not what you want, but Hey, you're getting some attention. So if you know what you really want, you're like, been there, done that. Let me attract something. That's a real partnership, a real love. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. It's so true. Well, with that, that is leading us to the final step. So number five. Yeah. So number five is get accountability and perspective. So as we go through all these steps, what happens is a person is increasing their awareness, meaning that they're shifting things from the subconscious mind to their conscious mind. And there are a lot of tools. Like I said, example, tapping. Tapping is a great way to help gain insight and to help getting into a, back into a place of action. Mm-hmm. And once you're in action, you're feeling better and you continue to do it. So you're getting stronger. The reality is one of the key data points for exponentially increasing your results is accountability. You know, you can write down your goals, you can set your intentions, but if you don't have accountability, if you ever get into a negotiation with yourself, a lot of times the subconscious is going to win. And then all of a sudden you find yourself playing Candy Crush or some online game or doing something stupid. You know, that's not helping you experience real progress, creates progress in a game, in a false reality. And that's why it's so addictive, because you feel and experience progress in that realm. But the real world is you're not experiencing progress. So you need accountability and perspective, somebody that's going to help you understand what are the blind spots that this person's not seeing or acknowledging and helping you course correct along the way. So again, yeah, what makes a good accountability partner and what makes a bad one? Mm, boy, that is a powerful question. You know, one of the people that I admire the most in this world is my sister. I have an older sister, and she's done some amazing things in her life, and she continues to do that. And, you know, she graduated from an executive MBA at Stanford, and one of the smartest people I know, but incredibly grounded. And I started working with her because she was feeling stuck. And literally, I can get on the phone with her and talk to her for 10 minutes. And then, boom, she's like, how did you do this? You know, you helped me get clarity. You simplified. And now I have two or three steps I need to take action. And then, boom, she calls me back and you're like, crazy results. So what you have to understand is, even though my sister is family, at the same time, I'm pretty real and pretty raw with her. I'm like, look, you're doing stupid stuff. You're focused on 800 other things. When the reality is you got to put numbers on the board. I don't care what your logo looks like. I care about putting numbers on the board. So what are you going to do about that? Or, you know, the mind is cloudy. So a couple things that makes a good accountability partner is they have to be real. The challenge with that is a lot of times you can't do it with your friends because they don't want to get called out on their own BS. So they'll like, you know, pump you up and make you feel good. So one is somebody's got to help you gain clarity. And not just clarity, but actual simplified actions to take the next step. And a lot of times people want to feed off your emotion and build that and and get it to a point where it's just spinning and you don't know what to do because you're so confused. Right. Right. I also think another aspect is to look at what results they have in their own life. You know, if you're really looking to build up your chi, so say you want to start moving your body more, you want to start going for a walk or riding your bike, and you want that accountability partner, having someone who hates movement or exercise is not going to be ideal. Someone who already has a powerful habit uh, is someone that's going to really keep you on track. Absolutely. And so we talked about, you know, you brought it up is you have to let go. As you expand, it's almost more important to understand what you have to let go of. And when you let go, it's of people, of beliefs, of thoughts, of things. Because, you know, certain things as you shift aren't going to be in alignment with your true self. 
you know, over here on this sidetrack, yeah, you attracted a lot of things that are just cluttering your mind, your environment, and other things. And so once we get back to our true self, all that clutter and dust falls away. And now you're back to your true self. And not only are you back to your true self, but by the time you've gone through these steps, you truly feel like you have lightning coursing through your veins. Mm -hmm. Yes. And when it comes to these five steps, and this is so perfect, Ken, by the way, because I'm currently working on a book um, about how to get unstuck is the first part of the title. And so hearing this is amazing. And uh, one of the things that I think it's important to teach and to remind ourselves is that life isn't just one straight path. It's not that you, you know, you do these five steps once and then you never have to revisit them. Right. Can you talk about the cycles we go through and, you know, what this process looks like, you know, when we want to like come back to this? Yeah. So the first step is we're hitting our singles on a daily basis. It's not, oh, we do it once in a while. No, we're constantly evolving. And there's always going to be a different chapter that comes up in a person's life. But if you're continuing to go through this process, then you're continuing to expand rather than contract. You don't want to be, you know, the puddle of water that's got the, the skim or the scum on it. You want the general natural flowing um, feel of life. So what happens is in the first step is we look at a person's environment and we look at where they're at and we understand that there's a gap in between what you want and where you're at. So we change the environment to support what you want. And that literally pulls a person forward into a place of action, passion, and prosperity. Once they're in that and they've built up their confidence, they literally leapfrog their environment, meaning that all of a sudden now they have this new awareness and they're looking at their space and they're like, you know what? A friend gave me that picture. I never really liked it, but I felt obligated to hang it. And now I'm in power. So it's a choice. I don't want that picture there. And they put something that they love. So all of a sudden they've leapfrogged their environment. and Now they're pulling their environment forward. And if they can't pull their environment forward, then they upgrade their environment to match the next step. And then the chi, you know, it's like exercise. You know, you're not going to have, you're not going to necessarily hit your goals tomorrow, but if you're continuing to move progress, then you're going to experience some type of result. But as one of my clients said, you know, the reality is you're never done. Yeah. Once you solve something, then you have a new challenge or then you have something else that you want to move forward to. So my belief is one of the keys to happiness is progress. It's when a person experiences progress is when they're feeling good. And if they don't have the progress is usually when they're feeling stuck. And so the goal is we have to be evolving and you have to be investing and going through these cycles on a consistent basis. Because again, the hiccups are guaranteed. And some of those hiccups are really energy draining. And you can see it in the gym or person's exercise. If you've had something that's really stressful and then you try to go in and do the same routine that you've been doing, your energy is completely different. It's completely depleted. So what happens is we have to bring our focus now from, you know, oh, I got these five-year goals. Now all of a sudden we have to say, okay, did you eat today? Did you fuel your mind and your body? Did you shower today? We're always adjusting our focus in the altitude at which we're looking at. And that's a common mistake. People are focused on a different altitude and they need to shift it back to, you know, the present moment. And the the more stressed a person is, the lower the altitude you have to look at. The better, the more power you are and the more progress you have, the further out you can look. Yes. Oh, so true. And I've said this before, but I want to say it again, especially with this episode This is a show that I hope people come back to again and again because you have given us so much and there's so much here um, for us to revisit. So I really encourage those who are listening to, you know, take one thing and take that first step and also, you know, revisit this and listen to this, you know, while it might even be when you're working out, you know, which would be great. Build the chi and also feed your mind. Um, Ken, I have some questions for you as we wrap up here, but any final thoughts about these, these five steps um, to feng shui our life? Yeah. 
first is keep it simple. You know, simplicity equals longevity. And the overarching concept of all of these tools is just that. They're tools to help you experience progress and results and help you gain some clarity along the way. So remember that when trauma, drama, or stress happens, or when you're looking to experience real progress, all we have to do is shift from a place of fear and self-doubt, use tools to help us build up our confidence and certainty, and then all of a sudden things open up. And I'll just share one last story real quick if I, if yes, I can. Yes, please. So I, had a, I have a client who was doing incredibly well. And, you know, I went and met him and I looked at their space. And I'm like, oh, you're going to end up spending a lot of money. And he just, you know, he's in the financial world. He's like, what are you talking about? I had the biggest bonus ever. I'm, you know, crushing it. And then all of a sudden he lost his job. And he's like, holy smoke, what happened? And so he was really in that place of all of a sudden that life event into a place of fear and self-doubt. So we helped him get back into a place of confidence and certainty. And this particular person is a hedge fund manager. And so he started the hedge fund with 350 million, which huge number. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, I want to get to 750 million. I'm like, why are you capping yourself? Why are you putting yourself in a visible ceiling? What would it look like if all of a sudden you got to 6 billion? He's like, oh my God, that would be crazy. And so right now he's at four and a half billion under management. And not only is he at four and a half billion under management, but he's being very successful for his clients because he's being a service. So what does that all equal? Well, we've helped him plan his, you know, a vacation home. He's bought a new vacation home. We're building him a new custom home from scratch. We helped pick the lot and the land, everything. We're working with the architects and things like that. You know, another example is on a different scale is I had a client who was, you know, hadn't had a promotion for five years. We did one phone call. We just feng shuied her environment. Within two weeks, she got a job promotion. She bought a new car. Now she's moving into a new place. So the goal is take the first step. That step can be scary, but it's about gaining momentum over time. And if you go through these five steps, you'll get into a place of power. Maybe you're not in power today, but you will get in power over time because it's a recipe. Mm. Yes, I love it. Ken, thank you for being so generous with all of this information. And I want to ask you a question that I love to ask everyone that's on the show. Um, I'm wondering if you can share with us something that happened in your life that in the moment seemed horrible, but it ended up becoming a big blessing. Absolutely. This is a great question. I was mugged at gunpoint. That's mine. Wow. So how did that become a blessing? So at the time, absolutely not. You know, having a gun stare at your face, all, your energy completely scatters. I went completely white. And for me, I became a mess. You know, I literally became a hermit. I would stay in my apartment for days on end. And over time, I realized I can't live like this. And all of a sudden, spending so much time in my environment, I realized I needed to get balance. And so I started reading articles about feng shui. I would do something okay. I'd read another article and say to do the exact opposite. So for me, I was getting frustrated rather than improving my results. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take time out and I'm going to learn this for myself, not from a place of curiosity, but for a place of results. That helped me move into a three-year master's training program on feng shui. And it helped me understand my natural calling, which was I can look at an environment, understand the patterns of what's happening in a person's life and in their mind and in their energy and help create the shifts. I knew that I was always able to help people, but this was one of the tools that opened up because I was mugged at gunpoint. Mm, so that experience changed the course of your life, really. Yes. Amazing. Well, the last question I have for you seems like a silly one, but it's like my favorite question. If you could be any kind of animal, what would you be and why? Ooh. That's a fun one. <laughs> I'm so curious about you. I I I have no idea what you're gonna say. Well, yeah, because I don't know. Myself. <laughs> you know, it's a beautiful question, and what's coming to mind is where I'm at right now, and what's coming to mind is, and I tell my clients, it's my job to share them with you, whether it makes sense to me or not. <laughs> what's coming to mind right now is a fish. 
Mm. Because what I what I want to experience is just the natural flow, the openness of the ocean, because there's more water than there is land. And to be able to just go with the flow. I love that. No one has ever said fish before. Mm. That <laughs> is a great one. I Just even that imagery, I feel more relaxed. Well, Ken, if people want to learn more about the great work you're doing, where can they go? So they can go to my website at kenlauer.com, K-E-N-L-A-U-H-E-R.com. And there I have you know, some daily trainings. I have a lot of blog articles and videos and things like that, that they can learn and tap into these five steps. And then, you know, the next step is if it's something that somebody's really interested in that, you know, I'm happy to have a conversation with them, understand where they're at, how we can help them gain clarity, get back into a place of action to get results that for the long term where they'll receive unprecedented success. Mm. But it starts with just a simple conversation. So you work in New York, but you're able to work with people all over the world, right? Simply on the phone, or does it have to be in person? So majority of my clients now are not in New York. They're all across the world. Like today, I'm working with clients in three different countries. So, you know, the reality is, as I've evolved, when I first was working, yeah, I wanted to be on site because that's how I worked. Now it's very simple for me to do it on the phone. Um, through pictures. And a lot of times, you know, the reality is if I can talk to a person, I can get them unstuck in a very short time period. And so we go through these steps, but it's through mental modeling, understanding pattern recognition, understanding what's happening and where they're stuck and getting them back into a place of confidence and certainty. And we can do that over the phone. You know, I had one client, he was stuck. He was putting that invisible ceiling on. So on the call, we literally did a hundred pushups together. <laughs> And then now he's built up to a place where he's, he can do 300 pushups, but we had to help him see that not only could he do it, but he did it. Yes. I love how, I think I did a Facebook live where I was chatting and I was in my office and then later we connected and you're like, you need to get some plants. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's absolutely right. And I have two big plants in my office now and I love them. It really changes Um, just the whole feeling of the room. And back to a feng shui of an environment, you know, point is you want to look at your space and see what season it's telling. Meaning, Mm. is it representative of fall, winter, spring, or summer? And typically when people are contracting and their energy is contracted, their space is representative by fall or winter. So plants are one of the simplest, easiest ways to make a space feel like a home. It completely changes the dimension, the feeling, and the environment. So look around and understand where can I add some simple plants and all of a sudden when you do, you just feel happier, you feel lighter, and you feel more active. Yes, it's so true. Well, Ken, you have given us so much and I so appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for this opportunity and thank you for allowing me to be on this journey with you. 